Hi, I'm Nathan. You're about to travel to a place of humor, analysis, and discovery. Welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, we're here to talk about an episode of Odyssey. I forgot to check the number. 128. One bad apple. One bad apple. Intercepted. However, there are more than one. one. Yeah. Bad apples. Bushels, presumably. Yeah. Orchards full. Uh-huh. That's a lot of money lost on apples. Right. And at least three people. Yes. So three that is people. three apples that had an actual effect on a human being. Not one. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> It's an episode uh, both written and directed by uh, Mr. Paul McCusker. The one and only. Truly. Mm -hmm. Um, It first aired September 15th of 1990, which is over a year after part two of the battle. Okay. Um, I was wondering if this was an Earth Day episode. It's not. No. That's unfortunate. (laughs) I mean, it's an environment episode. It would make sense. It'd be very Odyssey to put out an Earth Day episode like that. Would it, though? I don't think being environmentally friendly is keeping in character for this show. No, and it's we'll not. we'll be talking about that. Yes, we will. Today. <laughs> On the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. <laughs> um, so, uh, what else? Oh, uh, this is episode two off of the album On Thin Ice, mm-hmm. um, which is album seven. One of the albums I owned as a child. This episode was not included on any album until 2005. Hmm. So they, on the original version of Album 7 that had some other title, it was probably a series of things. Yeah. Um, it did not have this episode. And then when they did the Golden Audio release in 2005, they included this episode. Um, had it been recorded a long time ago? And they... Right. Well, it can't... It, first aired in the 90s yeah yeah yeah. okay and i don't know if it kept running on the radio through there i don't well i could check real quick because the wiki's got that kind of info yeah it continued to air on the radio okay um, but did not get an album release until 2005 interesting um it was cut because of some controversy with this episode of people complaining that it painted business, big business in a bad light, which is the most conservative of yeah. uh, complaints. Well, and, like, the thing is, they address that in the I episode. know! Like, are you I kidding know. me? I, uh, <laughs> I know. Thank goodness Odyssey saved face for all those big chemical companies. Yeah. And it, there's, yeah... There's even, they even bring it up in, in the official guide mm-hmm. where they're like, this, ep- uh, this episode was controversial for some listeners um, who blamed it for big business, who, bl- who thought it blamed big business for the world's environmental problems, which wasn't our intent. But due to these concerns, this episode was unreleased for very many years. Hmm. Well, okay. But again... They literally talk about <laughs> that in the episode. Uh-huh. Like, they... Yep. <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah. So, we've got uh, we've got quite a few uh, people to talk about cast-wise here. Mm-hmm. Um, although, most of them are just small, small 
parts. The big the big part for this episode is uh, Kurt Stevens mm-hmm. uh, being voiced by uh, Fabio Steffens. Possibly hmm. Stevens might be the same last name, <laughs> but it's spelled differently. Um, the uh, the notable thing about him is that uh, we've already talked about him as the voice of Tony in Novacom. Oh, interesting. Tony Tony was the guy that Wit almost adopted. Yeah, Tony and uh, and Brianna Fabio Stevens. Brianna Stephens. Brianna. Anyways, um, so in addition, we have uh, Richard Goodwin voicing both Dr. Baker and Jerry Edgebiter. Jerry Edgebiter. Edgebiter. What a name. Uh, uh, we've got Debbie Schneider as the secretary. Yep. Um, Kay Lindley as the public relations rep. Yep. Uh, Bob Luttrell as the customer service rep. Of course. And Phil Waller as Eustace. Who's Eustace? I do not know. Oh, is he the security guard? yes 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 he is we're just gonna go with that nope he has to be because (laughs) uh he's the only one that we haven't accredited yep he's the eustace wow that's a name do they i guess they have to say his name because it's credited but i did not remember them saying it yeah me neither this is the only episode eustace appears in shocker Dylan, I think it's time to roll the promo. Eustace is a name like Edmund that only exists in Chronicles of Narnia. Is Eustace... Who's Eustace in what? Chronicles of Narnia? He's the... He's it's the, been a like, long time. He's the cousin in who goes in in Dawn Treader. Oh! He gets turned into a dragon. Yeah! Spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah, that bo- that, <laughs> those books came out so long ago. I'm a terrible Christian. I haven't read Chronicles <laughs> of Narnia in like 10 years. <laughs> I mean, I also haven't read them in that long. But uh, I just remember them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I wasn't really paying attention. I just read the Chronicles of Narnia because my dad said I had to do it before I could read Harry Potter. Shout out to all those Christian parents who make their kids read other books before they can read the books they want to read. I would argue that Chronicles of Narnia is better than Harry Potter, but... It's definitely more artfully crafted i will say that <laughs> i mean it is and it isn't but yeah. i yeah i don't know maybe maybe don't tweet at me about that debate i think c.s lewis I, is a better author than jk rowling yes. by far yeah i think that he's a probably a smarter person <laughs> but we can all agree that tolkien's best yes. um <laughs> that's the important thing chalk squad just know at the end of the day tolkien takes all all right i'm gonna roll the promo yes please Next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Those apples didn't come from the store. They're from Tom Riley's farm. There's serious trouble for Tom Riley when he discovers the stream running through his land is polluted. You're telling me the fish in the creek are dying? They look dead. Who's responsible? What in the world is going on here? Find out on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Did somebody snap a string on a cello? Is that what that sound was? It was like, boom. <laughs> what? Uh, what noise was that? <laughs> we may never know. Probably won't. Great intro, though. Yeah, that was Love great. It. And, like, it didn't give away really anything. I mean, it gave away the premise, but that's kind of what promos are for, so. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's g- Oh, man. Okay, good job. And yeah. the music. That was good. Yeah. That's a top-notch promo. Yeah. Good job. So the episode begins with Wit. Like, we get a Chris intro. Ep- 
Yeah, I was going to say, the episode begins with Chris setting the stage. Yeah. <laughs> setting up a pro-environment episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was... Confusing. Yeah. I Surprising. Mean, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. I actually have very little to complain about this episode. No, me neither. From the get-go, I was like, oh gosh, am I going to hate this? Oh, wait, no, I... Do I agree with Focus on the Family? Hold up. If we rewind... Hold up! (laughs) If we rewind 30 years, me and Focus are on the same page. Yeah, pretty much. I listened to this episode twice. It holds up? Yeah. It... I... What? (laughs) Okay! It's just... Good on you! (laughs) It's so interesting to track how things change over time. Mm -hmm. Because, like... Focus on the family is always very strongly uh, with the conservative right in mm-hmm. everything they talk about. Yeah, they're religious religiously. Orga- they're a religious organization, but they are also very... a Republican organization. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Mike Pence has spoken at Focus on the Family like 18 times. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's that high, but he's definitely done it. Yep. Um, and so it was really wild to hear... Some like a company that has this viewpoint traditionally being like, yeah, but like the environment's good, guys. Yeah. We should yeah. protect it. Yeah. God gave us that. Cut to 2020. Yeah. Where things not so good. <laughs> An entire country was on fire for a little bit. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, it's a good, like, like you said, like, I genuinely, genuinely enjoyed this episode pretty much completely there's a couple logistic things where i was like hmm that's confusing but yeah other than that very good so chris also sets the stage with the something strange and mysterious yeah yeah which and mysterious i was like Like this fruit (laughs) this episode isn't like that far on to that but okay no which also how does this have anything to do with blackguard it, I don't. I ju- I don't remember. So I, do, I have no clue. The, Does he run Edge Biter? No. the The Edge Biter scandal becomes a big thing in Tom's campaign for mayor, uh, which is very blackguard heavy. Okay. So it's like kind of setting the stage, okay. but it's not going to pay off for a little while. Interesting. I completely forgot about that. I forgot that. Blackguard was involved in Tom's race for mayor. Yeah, we'll we'll go through like all of the Tom for mayor stuff. Nice. In a, within the Blackguard Chronicles. I completely forgot about that. So, something to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. Jock Squad. So we we, we start out with uh, three sick kids mm-hmm. um, that all got sick after going to Wit's End, mm-hmm. um, and Connie and Wit are kind of talking about that in I guess Connie's only appearance in this episode. She just here yes. at the beginning, unless she's there at the very end. Oh no, she she's she's here at the beginning, and then she does. There's one other scene that takes place at Wit's End with her in it. Yeah, but it's just it's once again it's always funny that Connie kind of gets to be a bit player in mm-hmm. the early Odyssey, whereas yeah. now she's like either the focus or not in it at all. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But here she just gets to like fill that Nick role of like someone who's. There, <laughs> yeah, right. It, yeah. She's she's environmental, con, you know, contribution. But um, yeah. 
Yeah, so basically the the common denominator is they all the kids had apples. Yeah. There was a turnover, there was apples on a Sunday, and there was a caramel apple. Yeah. They they talk about it being a What's um, apples on a Sunday? Well, not only that, it, it's referred to as a banana split. Yeah, and they put apples on it. What? We put but yeah, apples in ice cream is not something I've ever heard of. Especially these aren't even canned apples. Right, or like these are fresh cooked. apples. This is a fresh apple. I mean, I suppose we don't know for sure they weren't cooked, but also we're under the impression that they aren't because the skin's still on the outside because that's where the insecticides are. Yeah, that's fair. It's well, no, the but it's not because it's from the water, so it's on the inside. I don't know. Well, <laughs> oh no, I guess it. Yeah. It gets. Point some, is, raw apples on a Sunday. Right. Strange. Raw apples on a Sunday are strange. Or banana split, even, even. Even cooked apples on a Sunday, would I would raise an eyebrow. Yeah. I think I would enjoy it. Yeah. But I don't think of it. Well, like apples and ice cream, apple pie, pie and, and ice, ice cream, cream. That's what I was thinking. Apple dumpling and ice cream. Yeah. But just an But there's got to be that other medium there. There's got to be like. You know, pie crust or apple dumpling filling or whatever. Right. Like, there has it's to gotta be... It's got to be apples in sauce, too. Yeah, exactly. Not just, like, just, you know, cutting up apple slices right. and sticking them in a thing of ice cream. Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. Anyways. Um... So they got sick. Yeah. <laughs> Point is, they got sick. And, and... Witt realizes that he got these apples from Tom's farm. Yes. Not from the store. Yeah. And uh, then we cut to Tom's farm. Yeah, with Tom and a doctor and his horses, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, Not his uh, wife. The re- right. The return of Rachel and Leah, although yep. I think we only really hear from Rachel. But mm-hmm. she's sick. She's getting a shot. Yes. Um, And um, the doctor's like, hey, like this isn't just like a normal sickness. Like it seems as though she's ingested arsenic. Yeah. Um. Do you keep insecticides like in a place where they can get it? And she's like, "Well, yeah, we have them, but we keep them locked up, and there's no way the horses could get to them." Right. And uh, and he's like, "Hmm, like that's that's confusing. I wonder if there's like, I wonder what's going on." And then um, was it Kurt that comes up? Yeah. Well, so they they do determine that she, the the horse was loose at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, then uh, Kurt shows up. And asks if the doctor operates on fish. Yeah, so he he says that he was he tried to go fishing down yeah. at Tom's stream. Yeah. Um, but there are just a bunch of dead fish there, and you can't really catch them, and it's it's become this whole yeah. They're like caught issue. up in the rocks. They're all bloated and like yeah. And and Tom explains that, or just tells Kurt that like oh like this is Doctor Baker. Mm-hmm. He says quote he's in the animal healing business. Yeah. Huh. Does Focus on the Family have an issue with, like, the veterinary sciences? Is that a thing? It's, I, I The animal imagine. healing business. It's just so weird. It's strange. They're like, why wouldn't you say he's a vet? Right. Or a horse doctor? Right. That's like, yeah. Yeah, you I'm in the people healing business. As, no, you're a, yes, but you're a nurse. <laughs> right. You, he introduced him too as Dr. Baker. Yes. But then he... Explains that he's and in... animals are so vague. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, and so, yeah, and so what? Kurt, yeah. So Kurt explains the whole thing with the mm-hmm. things. Oh yeah, he's got that exchange with Doctor ba- 
Baker where he's like he, he asks him if he operates on fish and he's like uh uh no unless they have four legs and wear a saddle yeah and Kurt says oh seahorses yeah yeah that was a good bit that was a good bit it's pretty I would, decent yeah it was a good joke but oh the other thing that's really cool in this scene is so in the previous scene Wit and Connie tried to call Tom yeah in this scene you hear the phone ringing in the background. Really? And Farber... I missed that. Farber. And Baker says, like, do you want to, like, do you need to pick that up? And he says, um, and he says, no, I'll just let it go. Like, yeah. I'll just let it ring. Yeah, that's so strange. So wow, really, I didn't pick up on that. That's really so cool. It's a really fun continuity thing. Yeah. That I, that I quite like. It's so funny that Odyssey, d- like, does that sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah, well, it's like they care... To explain why Tom wouldn't pick up the phone. Yeah, exactly. It's because he's with an animal healer. <laughs> Which sounds a lot more witchcrafty than anything else. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, And then, yeah, so then it cuts to what? Tom, Wit, and Connie, Connie at yeah. Wit's end. And Tom's kind of pretty, he's pretty broken up. Yeah, like he's not... He says yeah. he should have known, and Connie's like, well, like, how could you have known? Like, how would you have known that the water's... Like the water was contaminated or anything like that, because they right. they basically d- deduce that the the horse drank the water when she got right. out. She drank the water yep. from the stream, and she used the water to irrigate the orchard, and so right. the apples are contaminated, and the horse is sick, right. and the people are sick as a result from eating the apples. Yep. And Tom is really upset, and he's like, "Well, you know, even one is too many, but like three kids, like that's, you know, that's really not good." And 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 he basically blames himself, which is. Very unfortunate, because, like, there's really no way that he could have known that that was the case. And Connie's, like, actually a very good job of, like, trying to comfort him there. Yeah, yeah, they're both, they're both Connie and Wit are really good in this scene. Um, Wit asks if he's, you know, been able to talk to anybody from the government, and yeah. Tom hasn't been able to get a hold of them, and Connie makes a... Yeah, it's like, our tax over. dollars at work. <laughs> like, ah, oh, there it is. Thanks. Good, Thanks, good focus save. on the family. But then Wit explains that there were cutbacks which is why this is happening implying that their taxes went down like yeah if they had been paying more taxes this would have worked yes but because they're not paying many taxes it doesn't which is very funny take that connie (laughs) katie lee she seems like a decent person she's a nice gal um and so yeah, Tom's like, I'm gonna like take this on myself. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like he wants to, he wants to figure it out. And so we cut to him and Kurt. Yeah, why is Kurt still there? <laughs> well, so this episode was written to be um, Bernard instead of Kurt, uh... but Dave Madden wasn't available. Oh, uh, that makes so a they lot more sense. Rewrote it as Kurt. Yeah. And yes, it does make a lot more sense when you there's realize just like it's kid. Bernard, especially later in the episode when, when they, they get, get arrested. Right, when they get caught by a security guard. There's a and child just, there. Right, there's just a child along. Of course, so, naturally. That, and that was I, my, that was like one of my big yeah. the, uh, theological, uh, like logical uh, beefs with this episode. Like, yeah. Why is Kurt everywhere? <laughs> yeah, I... Really would have enjoyed a Bernard. Bernard in the like, oh Kurt's, my gosh. Kurt's good, but yeah. just imagine Bernard. Bernard and Tom riffing in the creek and stuff. Because I think yeah. that they left a lot of the same dialogue, yes. it looks like. Yeah, I 
I knew that when I was listening to the episode and was like, oh, wow, like, I can definitely see points at which yeah. this would have been the case. He sounds like a joke machine, like like Bernard. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, they're, they're, they're creek stomping, I guess, basically. They're, like, walking up in the creek and they're looking um, for stuff and they find a barrel in the creek. Right. And the barrel says, edge biter or yep. edge bite. And, and, um... And Kurt recognizes it as the new company that just built offices upstream next to the comic book store that he goes to. Right. Um, and so they're like, oh, okay. Well, obviously, they make insecticides and stuff like that. And the barrel's in the creek, and so the creek's contaminated. And they try to move the barrel to, to look at the name. And this is when we get uh, Kurt going, aha! I've got a hernia. I need a workman's comp. Yes. <laughs> and that would have been a great, like, that sounds like a Bernard line. Yeah. Um, very much so. I, I'm honestly keeping in the, in the trend of being surprised at what Focus is willing to say in this episode. It, it seems, I mean, I guess, I guess later we have, we have Power Boy and whatnot, but it seems weird to be mentioned in comics without it being a negative. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, these are a thing. <laughs> Well, because comics in early Odyssey are pretty much either a waste of money or, like, a cult. <laughs> right. Well, that that is very much how conservative Christianity in general deals with them, especially when we're talking about the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So it's just like, here, it's just part of the world, and we don't care about it. Yeah. And I like it. And that um, probably has to do with the fact that it was originally written for Bernard, and they were like, okay, shoot, how do we make this relevant for a kid? <laughs> comic books yeah because yeah it does it also it doesn't make sense that a comic book store would be next to edge biter chemicals it probably makes sense that a cleaning, cleaning supply store, store yeah. was next to edge biter chemicals yeah yeah i mean they probably completely fabricated that that they can't be probably bought chemicals from edge biter like you probably bought cleaning stuff um yeah, maybe, or maybe it was just like, but it, it definitely seems like it's an, an Ed, industrial park, yeah, yeah, which doesn't lend itself a business to comic park. Books, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, um, and then they're talking about it, and then Kurt gives the line, "I don't know, they don't keep their brochures in with the comic books," and and then uh, Tom goes, "Oh well, you know, how much you want to bet they make insecticides?" And Kurt goes, "I want to think about, I want to think the best of people." Yeah, and Tom goes. Sure you do, Kurt. Sure you do. Like, what the heck, Tom? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why are you bullying this child? <laughs> Tom isn't great in this episode. No, no. I mean, he he's not bad. It's just, I think that it would make a lot more sense if it was Bernard. Yeah. Like, what is his connection with Kurt? Like, do they have this kind of banter right. or, like, whatever? Does Kurt fish outside of this episode? Yeah, like exactly. Where yeah. Bernard goes fishing... Constantly. on this like album right like ice fishing no, he, he yeah. ice fishing is tom and wit there is not bernard you bernard were, doesn't go with correct have Eugene, i made this mistake before? tom and uh... wit. you got called out in our interview on the welcome to odyssey blog Sorry, for saying Gracie. that it was a bernard episode and people in the comments attacked me yep violently <laughs> I, i'm scarred <laughs> clearly i was sent much hate mail. <laughs> I was not sent any he was hate not mail. Sent any hate mail, folks. Yeah. So basically, then Tom and Kurt. So they found this barrel. They're, then they go to Edge Biter, and this is when we get this delightful like bit of corporate runaround where they're like, 
they go to the office, they want to talk to somebody, then they talk to the wrong person, and then they talk to the wrong person again, and then they basically get the, once they finally get to the HR person, she's like, oh, well, there's no way that we, you know, we would have done that, like, we yeah. care a lot for the environment, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no way, like, you, you can take my word for it, and they're just, they, uh, Kurt and, and Tom are just kind of left, like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, we got nowhere. <laughs> yep, and with one of the middle people, uh, Odyssey does its classic bit of the person in authority mispronounces someone's name. Yeah, by oh, calling yeah. him Mister Ryder. Yeah, Mister Mister Ryder. And there's all the all the bit with the horse being his wife, like Rachel. Yeah. Rachel, no, my horse. <laughs> yeah, your wife. Um, my horse. <laughs> my horse. Um. Also, they they do find out though that Edgebiter is one of the largest suppliers of insecticide. Yes. Yes. They also find out that the chemicals were manufactured in Chicago. Yes. And that one barrel would not be enough to contaminate, contaminate the, creek. the creek. Which is big. Because, meanwhile, Wit has been going off doing things and testing water. <laughs> and yep. uh, so they're, so Wit and Tom are at Wit's end. Yep. Um, and and they're talking. Yeah. And Tom says... I'm not what you'd call an environmentalist. Yeah. <laughs> As if that's something you wouldn't want yeah, to be. Yeah. Um, or that you would call somebody. Yeah. But oh, he, that Tom, he's a real environmentalist. And what? He just like, he keeps talking and he's like, he's like, I, you know, pollution's something that happens other places, not here in Odyssey. Yeah, exactly. You don't think that happened? And, um, was it, doesn't Chris say something? Or maybe that's at the end of the episode she says something? Yes, like, I believe so. Like, Oh, not Odyssey. Like, what do you mean? Pollution's everywhere. Are you yeah. kidding me? Anywhere there is business, there is pollution. There's light pollution. There's stuff. Oh, gosh. Pollution. Yeah. Not good. Um, yep. Agreed. Um, and so then Tom, Witt, and Kurt <laughs> start sneaking around yeah. the edge biter plant, yeah. building, whatever. We should go back. I should clarify. So basically, oh, yeah. so Wit. Wit then tells Tom that he did a bunch of testing on his own. Um, he tested the water in the creek. Yes, there's arsenic. Then he checked it upstream. Yes, there's arsenic. But then he checked because it feeds. I think it feeds from Trickle Lake. Yes. Um, and then there's no arsenic in Trickle Lake, and there's no arsenic in either, even the stuff that feeds into Trickle Lake. Um, so it's definitely along the river. And so they when they're trespassing at night. Edgebiter is the only building there. And so they're walking around, and Tom's like, you know, I don't feel so good about trespassing. And uh, and, and Wit's like, what, what do you mean? We're in a parking lot at night. We're not trespassing. And he's like, oh, okay. And Kurt's there. Yep. Because we take our 12-year-olds when we go parking lot sitting at, like, midnight. Yeah, no, that's my plan. Um, um, they go down to the creek. Like, if it's not illegal, why are you doing it at night, Wit? Exactly. Exactly. Well, he's, got, he's got a shop. He's got, he's got money to make or so, not make, I suppose. So they're they're going, they kind of go around the building and they see that there's a warehouse in mm-hmm. the back. Because mm-hmm. um, they had previously been told that there aren't chemicals in there, that it's just yeah. like a marketing place. Yeah, it's whatever. just like basically a storefront. Right. And so there are... There's a warehouse yeah, in the back. Yeah, there's a warehouse, and they see that there's a drain leaving the warehouse that heads right to the creek. Um, and then they get caught by a security guard who hey. walks up behind them with some great sound. Yeah. And, 
Alright, don't make any sudden moves. <laughs> yep. And then it cuts to commercial. Yep. And, uh, okay, one, what security guard talks like that? Uh, two, Eustace. I thought that, yeah, I guess. And two, I thought this guy was a thug when I first said it. And I was like, oh, they just got in with the mob. Okay. <laughs> this is a mob episode. <laughs> yeah, clearly. And, because, uh, like, basically, it sounds like he has them at gunpoint, basically. Even though they don't specify that, but um, yeah, it does. It does have a gunpoint sound to it. Yeah, and then they bring him back to the office, and Tom's like asking all kinds of questions, and yep. Eustace, uh, aforementioned security guard, is very upset, and he goes, "Oh, you know, I can't answer any of your questions, whatever." Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, "You know, I just need you to sit and be quiet and whatever." And and he's like, I don't want to have to call the police. And Wit's like, well, no, I'd love you. To, I'd love for you to call the police because I've got questions about that drain that you have going into the creek. And and Eustace is really upset. And then Mr. Edgebiter himself comes in. Yes. Which, Jerry Edgebiter. Jerry Edgebiter. Which, what an unfortunate last name to have. Yep. He is the owner of this company. Yes. That is... In Chicago as yes. well as Odyssey, yeah, um, worldwide, isn't it? Isn't it's like the yeah, it's like one of the world... biggest suppliers of insecticide in the world, or is it a, worldwide, a, or in... at least in the states? It doesn't yeah. super matter, but the um, but yeah, they. I mean, they do make it clear that this is the corporate headquarters for Edge yeah, Fighter, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, it kind of sort of makes sense that he'd be there, but regardless, it's like twelve at night. <laughs> right. What is he doing? They woke him up in the middle of the night and said, There were three people walking around your property and he's like, Alright, I'll get right <laughs> over there. Don't involve the police. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry's a real Don't a real use my dude. secretary or my thugs. I need to be there in person. Of course, naturally. Well, I mean his thugs are definitely still there. Um Yeah, so then they, they go through their names, and when I was like, oh, I'm John Avery Whittaker, I'm Tom Riley, and then Kurt, and he goes, oh, I prefer to remain anonymous. And then Wit just goes, Kurt Stevens. Like, yep. what? Yeah, Wit knows best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just just the rot names of this 12-year-old that's that's with you. Right, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You know, as we all do. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so so Edgebiter explains that there's while there's nothing being poured into the creek, they had an accidental spill mm-hmm. a little while ago, and it has continued to leak. Yeah. Um, and that they ran that drain into the water. Yeah. Illegally. Yeah. Um, as a cost-saving maneuver. Yeah. Um, and they don't have a license to store chemicals here. Um, so, yeah, that's not looking great. For them? <laughs> no. Um, not at all. And... And so when when they were poking around earlier that day, yeah. um, it raised, I guess, flags within the company, and they investigated and found where the leak was happening and stopped yeah. it. But they um, haven't reported that to government officials um, because they thought that they had taken care of it themselves and they didn't want it. Because the whole right. big thing is... At least the whole like picture that Focus on the Family or the writers, I should say, are painting of Edgebiter is that they're this big company and they put on this really friendly face, but in behind the scenes, they you know they do things that aren't aren't right. good and aren't legal. Right. And um, but- and so they're talking like, oh, you know, we don't get the police involved because we don't like we've worked really long and really hard to have a good reputation and we don't want to ruin that. 
and Wit's kind of skeptical of it because, like, obviously you broke the law and you have to have um, repercussions. And then Mr. Edgebiter basically flips the tables and goes on his yeah. little soapbox. Well, yeah, so he, he also he brings up that he, he offers to pay for their to cover the expenses mm-hmm. if they keep quiet. Yeah, yeah. Um, he wants he they've got over two hundred employee people yeah. employed and doesn't want them to lose their jobs. Yeah. Um, and promises that this won't happen again. And what's yeah. kind of like, well, like what what about when it does? Yeah. Like what about um, like what? Yeah. There's there's no way that I can guarantee that this won't happen again, right. with you left unchecked in this way. Right. Exactly. Like this is what government regulation is for. Is for. <laughs> Do you hear that focus on the family? This is what government relate. <laughs> government. government bad. Texas bad. Yeah. Government regulation. Pretty important with chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they'd agree with that. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to say? Tweet at us. <laughs> um, and so... Yeah. Edgebiter then flips the tables, like you said. Yeah, he, fl- he flips it and he basically says, you know, everybody hates on big bad chemical companies and big bad corporations for their for the environmental woes. And, you know, we try really hard because they, they give us these really strict regulations and we do our best to kind of to play the game. And it's very, very inconvenient and it's very, very expensive to, you know, to, to, to operate under these these regulations and so yeah we, we cut some corners and we put this drain in but but you know wit what do you do with all the waste that you have and kurt what do you do with all the waste that you have and tom what do you do with all the waste that you have and he you know he goes into specifics like with wit it's like plastic spoons and jugs and for kurt it's comic books and whatever which of course he knows he reads comic books because whatever and then when kurt goes like oh you don't have to get so personal yeah but his quote is, you probably read comic books. What happens to them when you're finished? You keep you them? put them on a shelf. Nobody's throwing away comic books when they finish them. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a thing that people did or I, do? I don't. I, I can't imagine. They're Parents expensive. Throw, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not cheap. You, they're you hold book. on to them. You read them again. They're like any other book. Yeah. If they had said newspapers. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But do you throw out comic books? Uh, no, people people keep those. But gum wrappers, <laughs> right? Yeah, but <laughs> but, you know, yeah, he, but basically, he's like, well, what regulations are in there for you guys? And then he just kind of walks out, and he's basically like, you know, you can you can do what you want, but also just know that you aren't innocent here either. Right, right. And so we cut to Wit's end, where mm-hmm. Wit has gone ahead and gotten the government involved in this. Yeah. Um, which there's a moment there where you're like, is he going Yeah, to? yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that this definitely... episode is set up, it definitely sounds like, oh, that's a pretty compelling argument. Maybe Wit doesn't say anything. Right. And, you know, really what ends up happening is it's a D all of the above situation where right. it's, you know, he talks, the go- he talks to the government, but he's also like, well, we need to take responsibility right. for what we're doing. Which is the correct play. Yeah. Absolutely. I just didn't know if the show was going to be able to stick the landing. And yeah, and to go either or, I figured I wasn't... Yeah, I figured because yeah. there were two oper- like two options presented that one of them... Yeah, like neither of them were picked. It was, it was a mystery yeah. third option. And so, yeah, he kind of sits down and is with, with Kurt and with Tom and is like, hey, like... The dude made good points. 
we got to, like, take this into account and actually mm-hmm. be, like, yeah, I'm going to, like, try and figure out how to, like, make less waste here at Woodsand. I suggest mm-hmm. you guys do the same. Um, and there's the quote of most things that are, I think Tom says it, most things that are worthwhile take some effort to maintain. Yeah. Um, which is really good mm-hmm. and really true. And yeah, I no, definitely. Love it. And, and Wit's, like, very empathetic, and Wit goes yeah. a little oh. bit fear-mongery at the end. Yeah, but th- there's also there's also a good line in there, too, where he's like, you know, for every, you know, one company that does this, there are 200 that don't. Mm-hmm. Like, like don't... Yeah, I mean, it's that thing that this episode was accused of being anti-big business, and, like, clearly, he's setting up of, like, this isn't everyone, and, like, we're all responsible mm-hmm. for for this yeah. i think it's so interesting to make to have the villain of the episode teach wit a lesson yeah yeah like he's still wrong and mm-hmm. he's still the villain he still gets his comeuppance but wit changes as a result yeah no definitely i mean i can't think of another time where that really happens although i guess maybe in the case of the secret room where like you know wit kind of wins but he's like well, now I have this constant reminder of death and money and greed in my basement, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, it's just, it's really pleasant to hear. Um, it's a different episode. Yeah. It's very different. Like, I mean, obviously within the context of Blackguard, it feels very strange. But yeah. it, like, I don't know, just compared to greater canonical Odyssey, it's very different. Yeah, and in Chris's outro... Um, she says, you know, this is the only planet we have. We must all work to protect it. Yeah. Um, which is good. A great sentiment. Yep. I agree. I feel like everyone should be on the same page about that. Yeah. And yet, somehow, that is not the case. Yeah. Well, and I think it has to do with the understanding of what are the consequences of the alternative. And, like, I think that what what has happened with climate change is it like you said like i mean it's become a very very partisan issue and then it becomes a stigma of okay these people are saying that this is going to happen if we don't do this and these people are saying this is going to happen and so who's right whereas really what i like about this episode is that it's kind of like no it's not really about what's going to happen it's about we have this thing and it doesn't matter. We should take care of this thing. Right. Be good stewards, perhaps? Hey, that sounds awfully biblical there. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, my bad. My bad. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's kind of... I like how it flipped on its head like that. I really like that Wit kind of learned a lesson. Yeah. And I like that... I like that the big companies... Because the truth of the matter is, I mean, big companies do a lot of environmental damage right um but it's also not just their responsibility right and it's also the responsibility of the government and regulators to keep those in check yeah and private citizens to speak out when necessary yeah and this episode does all of those things and that it is just, all. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like somewhere in the, you know, 25, 30 years after this episode came out, like that 
became like yeah i guess the partisanship of it happened Mm -hmm. and now this is no longer like now this doesn't seem to line up with the general stance of you know is climate change real is it not real and it's what's the agenda here right it's just it's so interesting to see like oh if we if we flash back to the early 90s Mm -hmm. like focus on the family and or at least the writers of this show or whatever are like making good points saying stuff that like i agree with currently Mm -hmm. um it's like what what was that episode post uh was the connie and mitch stuff with the girl who played basketball uh pink is not my color pink is not my color where it's like i think they did it on accident but they did a really good thing (laughs) that one very much feels on accident this one feels like they're coming at it intentionally yeah but that somewhere over the years that needle has moved yeah um and it no longer is in line with but also i don't know we're making a lot of generalizations here about Mm -hmm. you know conservative christianity in the u.s and like how that functions i don't know for a fact what focus on the family's stance on like on environmental stuff is yeah i'm just making assumptions because of like where they usually sit well and they Um, are they do get pretty politically involved yeah like they're they're very much like we will throw our name in the ring of politicians right and use our brand as a platform for politicians yeah i just i don't want to i don't want to assume the worst of sure you do dylan (laughs) thank you i want to try and assume assume good things here and also acknowledge that even if focus on the family's agenda has shifted or they'd be more against this episode now that's not to say that like the people who made this episode don't still believe exactly exactly like i don't i don't i can't pretend to know the inner workings of of everything that's going on on the family as a company at, of their involvement with Adventures and Odyssey, their, and their brand stipulations right. and all that. It's, it's a lot. There's obviously a lot of moving pieces here, and it is that's complex. I, that's probably and, why Odyssey sh- doesn't really get involved in a lot of put like non-Christian moral dilemmas. Yeah, it. I just yeah. I don't. What I don't want to do here is just forever for me to like come down and be like well it's very clear that like they no longer believe what they were preaching back then because like i can't pretend to know no what's going on there exactly Um, and so i just want to make that clear here at the end that i'm not well and this is a good thing like i'm making a ton of generalizations about where you know about how odyssey and focus have changed over the years i don't like i don't i can't truly speak to that Mm -hmm. um but but as a podcast that reviews adventures and odyssey episodes right we're looking at the episode one bad apple and saying hey we like this one (laughs) right we like this one we like what it stands for and i feel like i feel like yes more please (laughs) yeah just like that this is yeah it's a good episode it it manages to balance both sides and not like Mm -hmm. lean too far one way or the other 
it doesn't does good with characters it pits like it doesn't make wit god or anything like that or it doesn't it it makes the bad guy empathetic it makes the you know the victims very supportive like yeah it it it's very almost realistic in the sense that like it doesn't seem larger than life there is no binary these are the bad guys these are the good guys it it plays out very nicely and i just I like the thoughtfulness here. Yeah. And maybe that thoughtfulness continues. Maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But in this instance, Good job. I really like what yeah. it has to say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do you have any other closing thoughts? Because that seems I mean, like a pretty good note say, to those, go out those on. Are my, those are my closing thoughts, Andrew. Yeah, those are my closing thoughts as well. Uh, so the the discussion questions for this episode, which are, you know, worth stating at least mm-hmm. uh were wit tom and kurt wrong to walk around edge biter after hours uh, i think it comes down to the are they on private property are they trespassing because then you're breaking the law and then that's technically wrong right um however like were they morally wrong Aside from potentially breaking the law, I don't think so. They're concerned about the environment. They're doing it. I don't, like you said, like, why are they going at night if they aren't breaking the law? Right. Um, but, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess what would they have done alternatively? They would have had to wait for the government to go out and get them right. to protect, like, yeah. and whatever. and I do kind of... That doesn't make for compelling audio drama. <laughs> no, no, but, like, it... It probably would have been the right right thing to do there, but they also they bring up like you know at the end there like well, like what are the odds that that warehouse is going to be completely empty when the government gets there now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah. But if also if they hadn't traipsed around and the government wouldn't have been tipped off, then maybe it would have worked out too. So I, yeah. yeah, they didn't necessarily need to take it into their own hands, but I don't know that they were wrong to do so. Yeah, especially because the methods weren't like explicitly illegal, especially right. if the creek is like public property. Right. Um, and then just the other big question of why is it important to take care of our environment? Dylan, why is it important for us to take care of our environment? This is the only planet we have, and we must work to protect it. Yeah, that's to quote it. Chris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's interesting because there's a lot of like, um, like I don't know if you knew this, but my dad actually just taught at Sunday school at church to like to the kids about about this exact thing of just being oh, stewards of the earth and like what does God say about caring for the earth, and it's very interesting. And I think my biggest thing is how we treat the earth reflects how we think about humans Mm. and like how we care about humans so like even if you don't fully subscribe to climate change but you know that there's some research out there that hey this is not really good um there are practices that aren't you know environmentally uh suitable and it's really just because of us like a consumerist economy of you know excess and whatever even if you don't go there like you can look at it pretty objectively and say okay we have deforested most of the amazon rainforest that's not good because there are people that live there Mm. and we're taking away their home 
and yes, they bought the land and they have the, technically they have the right to do it, but those are indigenous people. They don't really participate in our economy and they probably don't even know what's like, they're probably, they're not fully capable of what's, of, of understanding what's going on. Um, and that, yeah, I think, at least for me, my semi-soapbox is just like, if you really love your neighbor as yourself, you're going to put aside some of your profit margin to mm. take care of them. And if yeah. that's not chopping down the Amazon rainforest completely for cattle or whatever, or that's not whatever, like it could be any multitude of things, um, then yeah, you, yeah, love your neighbor as yourself. You got to, you got to take care of them. And that, I think a part of that is taking care of the earth. Like God made this thing. He made it to be good. It was good when he made it. Sin entered the world and not all economic development and technology is sinful, but you know, where is God and what, where is God in deforestation? Where's God in deforestation? Like where is Jesus in um, the wildfires in Australia? Like where, where are they? Hmm. If you can't find them, then maybe, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should think twice. Cool. I don't have anything to promote this week. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. So uh, we're we're checking out for for this episode, and we are going to be back in a week. Seven whole days. Oh man, several. Can't hours. wake. Um, can't wake. Can't, can't wake. No wakes. No wakes. Wake no. me up inside. So <laughs> we'll be back next week with episode one fifty five. Waylaid in the windy city, part one. Bye. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalk Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. One Bad Apple was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. <laughs>